everyone, and welcome to Living in the Limelight. I'm your host, Jay Huller. As a quick reminder, please follow us on Instagram at Living in the Limelight Show, and check out our website at livinginthelimelight.com. And of course, you can find our podcasts at almost all of the major streaming services. Every week, we feature another conversation with a stage performer where we delve into what makes them tick and hopefully get a little glimpse into some of the behind the scenes action. Tonight is a treat and honor to welcome Sasha Hurtado to the show. Sasha is a rising independent recording artist and singer-songwriter from Georgia. Dubbed as the Stolen One on season 22 of The Voice, she began her journey with a two-chair turn by coaches Camila Cabello and John Legend during her blind audition. She was then stolen by coach Quinn Stefani during her battle round and stolen again by John Legend during the knockout rounds. Sasha has become a seasoned performer with experience on stages and venues all over Georgia. Sasha's Hispanic background lends to her love of blending genres and draws inspiration from a range of soulful, pop-filled, and indie artists that have helped carve out her own unique lane of artistic expression. In 2020, Sasha released her debut single called Mr. No Good Guy and her follow-up single First in 2021. Fresh off the heels of the voice live shows, Sasha is eager to write and release new music, so be on the lookout for her new single called Going Through the Motions on January 6th, 2023. So let's welcome Sasha to the show. Hello. This must be Sasha. Yes, this is me. (laughs) Amazing. So great to talk to you. Welcome to Living in the Limelight. We are so happy to have you on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Um, I really, really want to dive into the voice stuff, but I'm going to hold that kind of like a little, uh, a little dessert, and we push it back. And unless you absolutely have to say something, but I would love to go way, way back. I mean, you're only 18, but let's go way, way back to the beginning. And since you have done so much in 18 years of life, um, I know that a lot of people would love to know, like, how does that happen? Where, where could it come from? Because your achievements so far are probably inspiring thousands if not millions of of rising up kids who want to do what you do and uh so educate us on on where it began for you and who who's inspired you and all of that and we can kind of hear your backstory yeah um so i have been singing i know everyone says like every artist says this but i've been singing like since i could talk uh my parents used to tell me that like there would be commercials or um, TV shows like Dora or something on the TV and that they noticed that I could match pitch pretty well for like my young age. Uh-huh. Um, and so they, at first they were just kind of like, Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then I like grew up in the era of Disney where it was like camp rock and lemonade mouth. And like, I know it's silly to say, but I really think like in Hannah Montana, like growing up with yes. such musical like shows around me and just seeing like, I don't know, just music and performing uh, and like seeing artists on stage and all of that like inspired me and then I just like was always singing along with what was on TV and the radio and um, I've always watched like the TV competition shows with my mom mm-hmm. so I was just always like around music growing up and she said that I could not pitch and so like when I was I'd say eight or nine years old she put me in voice lessons mm-hmm. Um and then it just kind of grew from there. At first, it was just like something that I enjoyed doing. 
Um, and then when I got into my teen years, I was like, wow, <laughs> I really like this. And then it became, it turned into songwriting and then um, learning how to play guitar and then gigging. And it just kind of like grew um, into something much bigger than just like something that I liked to do. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's a, it's a, it's a great story and I and love to hear it and, and people really like that kind of stuff because it, it's a, they're common experiences, right? I mean, I have two daughters and they both went through the hand Montana. Um, I know, I probably know more of those songs than I should. <laughs> and it's, and so it's that culture of, um, just having music around. Um, did either of your parents, were they musicians in a sense, or uh, you said your mom recognized the perfect pitch. Is that just something like, Oh wow. I, I, she sounds just like it. Or was she was like, Ooh, that that's, that's stellar. And that's exact. Was there some like, authority behind it well it's actually funny because there's pretty much nobody <laughs> in my family that is like musically inclined I'd say like my mom's dad he's in quartets and stuff like that but like besides him like in my household there's nobody like I tell everyone my dad is literally tone deaf <laughs> um <laughs> and my mom my mom is actually not she's not tone deaf but She's not like an amazing singer, but she can like match a pitch pretty well. So I don't know if she just like had an ear for it. I remember her telling me that she actually wanted to go to college like when she was young for music management because she like grew up in the era of like 80s band, 80s rock bands. And so like that was her thing. And she didn't end up going to college for that. But she said she kind of like lived that dream like through me a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, we all try to do that. <laughs> our, our, if our kids are inspiring us in different ways, it's great to live vicariously through them. And so I know that they absolutely have enjoyed the ride. And I would dare say, um, even though maybe your dad is tone deaf, he probably hears you perfectly. Like when he hears you, it's like, oh, my daughter, listen to her. It's like angels singing, you know, because um, that's how we are as parents. So you kind of grew your craft. And uh, what was the first instrument you picked up? Did you say it was guitar? Yeah, I picked up guitar first. My brother, my little brother actually started learning guitar before me, acoustic guitar. And I would remember like watching his uh, lessons because uh, they he, we did it at my house. And I was always like, wow, that's so cool. And then uh, I was like, maybe I should try it. So I picked it up. I almost gave up at first because I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> and after like a couple of months, um, luckily, I, I got the hang of it. <laughs> Wow, just a couple of months. I know some people who struggle a lot, and and that's I, I'm the same way actually. I'm a drummer by trade from when I was your age, and uh, I've picked up the guitar a few times. And and electric you, with the feel and the the strings being thinner in it, you can kind of feel around and do stuff. But that acoustic guitar with those fatter strings and harder, you have to press down hard. I, no way. <laughs> so <laughs> I I applaud you for persisting with that. And I've always said, um, what a great instrument to just carry with you and and in practice, right? You know, you're not going to be tearing a Steinway uh, piano around and um, whatever, but a, a, a guitar, a good acoustic guitar, or whatever is, is one of the greatest things. So Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, especially like dipping into songwriting for the first time, um, like getting to create it uh, on your own, even with just like the simplest chords, it can turn into something so much bigger, like in the studio. And I just, yeah, I think playing an instrument is like so beneficial for anyone. Yeah, I totally agree. And and instruments can lend different voices to different 
purposes. So if you start to fiddle mm-hmm. on the ukulele a little bit, Nario, you add in some other instrument, and then you get just a, a little bit of talent with it, then uh, or a little skill with it, you can just open up your repertoire so much. Um, yeah. So about songwriting, I, that's a huge topic, and I, I'm always curious to know like uh, where where songs begin and how they begin. Is there a typical routine for you? Do you have like a consistent source of inspiration? Are you a writer first? Do you like getting those words down and those thoughts and then you go to the instrumentation? Is it the other way around or is it just random? What, what's your preferred way of, of working through a song? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of all over the place. Like I know a lot of people, like I always watch these documentaries or the other people that are like, yeah, I had this melody in my head and I like took a little voice memo of it. And I don't think that I've ever done that. Maybe I have once, but it's always like, I'll just sit down and be like, man, I'm like, I'm feeling creative. I have nothing in mind, but I'll just be like, the creative juices are flowing. I want to create something right now. I don't know what it is or what it will be. And then I kind of just like think about things that I've been going through within like however long and maybe emotions that I remembered that I never wrote about that I wanted to experience this stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally I'll come up with something and typically I come up with lyrics before I come up with the like the melodies. Um, that normally comes later for me. So I guess I would say lyrics first and then I add on um, the melodies. But once I, once I have a little bit of lyrics and figure out a melody, it kind of just like flows from there. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of random. <laughs> I think if I were to sit down and write a song, cause I, I love communication, obviously, and I love to uh, write. I think that's how it would be for me would be the words first. And when you get those words down, at least the beginning of a song, are you painting? Um, obviously you're painting the picture of the narrative itself and this, and the story behind it. But um, do you like, would you pick up the guitar and just start strumming and go, well, that sounds good. Are you thinking of the kind of the meter of the way the words are put together? Or you're just like, this to me is going to be a, a really deep love song and I want it to be melodic. Did, what kind of comes through your mind after you get some of those words down when you start thinking about music with it? Yeah. After I get the words down, it kind of just like, I want to match, the feeling and like the connotation of the song that I'm trying to get across with the music, because obviously like you, well, I can't say that because my, like some of my newer music is like a kind of sad lyrics, but then like a upbeat catchy tune. So <laughs> I was going to say that doesn't go together, but like originally I'll like sit and if it's like a sad song, I'll be like, wow, I like want some chords that will like just flow and make you feel like the lyrics even more because I think like even once you put a melody to it it can be even stronger than just like seeing it on a piece of paper um so yeah it's kind of just like whatever the song like the emotions that the song is trying to the lyrics are trying to express I try to match like melodically I try to match the two got you and do you ever like you head in a direction musically with a song and you're like, oh, this is going to be it. And then literally the next day you come back to it and you're like, oh, where did that come from? And you do a 180 and you maybe change instruments or you change the whole direction or is it you're pretty good, you think, with um, like getting it started and, and it doesn't um, evolve in a totally different direction generally for you? Um, I actually have like 
I get like writer's block where I'll start a song and like I'll write a verse and then a chorus and everything's going great. And then I'm like, where do I go from here? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so it's a lot of the time, like I'll be like, wow, this, this is a great start. And then I'll like go back to it the next day or a couple days later. And I'll be like, dang, like, what do I do? <laughs> um, so I definitely, I definitely get that feeling a lot, but I think it also helps sometimes to step away. It like just to step away and then come back to it again with like a fresh mind on a new day and mm-hmm. like see what you can add to it in a different mindset. And that helps me a lot to just kind of be like, okay, like you don't have to write the whole song right now. Like just step away and then come back. And typically that's when it all comes together is when I step away and then I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on this a little bit more. And then it kind of just all comes together. But I definitely have a lot of moments where I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> yeah. I was reading um, one of your, it wasn't your your last post from saying goodbye to the voice, but it was the prior one, the long one that had all the thank yous and whatnot. And you mm-hmm. mentioned in there that um, that you're a perfectionist, but that you're developing confidence and working into that. Is that kind of how you are now? You think with songwriting and approaching it is like, okay, it's it's good. It has potential. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go have some fun with my friends. I'm gonna go do some exercise or whatever and just see so it doesn't become like a a forced thing is that kind of where you are yeah that's exactly it I think for me I've always been like a really terrible perfectionist I like doubt everything that I do like I second guess myself um even still like I'm still trying to get past that like writing especially um, cause I'll, I'll just immediately be like, Oh, this isn't good. Or like, this is cringy. Like no one's going to think that this is good. And then I'll play it for my mom and she'll be like, gosh, this is so good. And I'll be like, yeah, but you're my mom. So it doesn't right. count. <laughs> <The> <laughs> and just, yeah. And so I definitely like still struggle with that, but I think it helps to have like talented people around me too. Like I have musician friends that I'll be like, hey, like, honestly, truly, what do you think about this? Like, do you think this has potential? But I've also been trying to work on that, like, within myself to be like, okay, do you like this? Because I think a lot of the times you have to be bold as an artist and try things that people might not like or, you know, it. you just have to try things and find out for yourself what your taste is. It's hard to not compare your writing style or something like that to other artists. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think... I think everyone kind of stands stands apart in different ways. And I think that, you know, your your writing style doesn't have to sound like everybody else's or what's on the radio. And that's fine, too. You might just be a unique artist of your of your own. So, yeah, yeah. that's a great point. And in even in today, I would say more so than than in the past when we had you if you were on a record label, you you had your plan and you had people saying, OK, you need to do this. You had to do this. And well, now you know, with SoundCloud and with the quality of, of production equipment you can get in-house in your home, you, you can put out great music and kind of establish all the things that you want to be in a, in a self kind of way, writing the same way, self writing books and putting them out for consumption. So you're, you're living in a great time for that. And, um, I, I think eat it all up. And it reminds me what you just said about when you created a song, I don't know if this actually happened or you were thinking of it, but like something very romantic and melodic and then a, a, a quick paced rhythm kind of got matched with it. And it still, it tells a great story and also entertains melodically. So <laughs> yeah, there, there's, there's no formula. And that's the great thing I think about music and 
art in general. Um, could you walk us through Mr. No Good Guy in the sense of um, just generally how the song came about? Because it's, it's your number one streamed song right now, um, at least through Spotify. I didn't check the other services, but um, it's, it's, it's a great tune, and I'd love to kind of get some background on it and, uh, you know, how it sits with you now when you perform it live in the future. Do you, would you treat it a little differently? How, how would you love to see it from you performed live? That, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I wrote that song when I was like 16, around 17. And during that time, you're like in still a high school mindset and like the relationships and all of that stuff. And I was like really down about this guy um, who was just always treating me and other people around him badly. Boom. But he had this front. That, yeah. <laughs> and he had this front that he was all that. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to write a song about him. I was like channeling like my Taylor Swift era. And so <laughs> I like sat down and I think that that was like the first song that I ever wrote that I finished the entire song within like, 30 minutes like I had I it just it kind of like wrote itself once I started um and then I knew I had a very clear mindset at the time of what I wanted it to sound like produced um it actually kind of was a mid-tempo slower song in the beginning Mm -hmm. and uh I went into the studio for the first time with like uh it's he's a local Atlanta producer and I was so nervous because it was the first time that I had like worked with a developed like good producer and I was like I didn't know how I didn't know what direction fully that I wanted to take but I knew I wanted to set myself apart as a pop artist um and so I was like yeah I just kind of want it to be like pop and then he was like okay like can we turn it into an up-tempo song and then we kind of just like went from there and then he just like did exactly what I wanted I think it's it's still a great song, but as you said, like now, uh, my music is definitely taking a little bit more of like a indie pop alternative turn, which I'm so happy with. And I think that Mr. No Good Guy was, it's still very accurate, uh, a part of me as an artist, which is why I, I still love it. Um, and I mean, it, it's also fitting to you. Like I was a teenager at that time and I feel like it matched my, my age and like what I was going through at the time. And I still love it the way that it is. Like I would 100%, like if I did a show um, that I would probably do it like that. It's just such like a fun bop and tune. I think it would translate well live. Um, But yeah, I do too. And it's always curious to me, especially this will be decades down the road when you're well, well into your career, but um, how music ages and how you change over time and look back on that and, um, you know, do I want to revise it or is it, does it stand the test of time? And it, but it's a part of you I mean, and it has, and it's based from you like that. It has some truth behind it. So I think, um, I love when, when things are, are genuine and, and from the heart. So that moves us into first, which I want to just say having piano and voice for me, and I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, probably they do is just the classic beautiful start to a song it just sets the tone and then for me whatever else happens after that's great but I love the beginning of that song and how it develops but uh, how did that song generate and where does it land for you right now yeah and um 
that one again I was in a relationship and I was just feeling I mean this song kind of explains it pretty well <laughs> yeah. um, but and it, you, it I love that song because I feel like anyone can connect to it like just feeling like you're kind of being put on the back burner whether or not you feel that way in your job or in a relationship or in a friendship like anyone can kind of take away something from that song um but as far as like writing wise I definitely wanted that to be a ballad and all of my other songs have been kind of like catchy and upbeat and I really wanted to just like write a song that could make people feel something and connect to it and not to say that they can't do that to an upbeat song but just kind of like do a different thing (laughs) and so I went in and again I was just like yeah I, I really want this to be like a stripped down ballad and kind of let the lyrics be like the shining aspect of the song and it was kind of like he my my producer always does like the best job at translating what I have in my mind because I have such a difficult time like explaining what I envision (laughs) and I give him like such little description and he just like paints a beautiful picture with it but yeah that song was um a, a fun one to see come to life and I still I still love it and again I I would keep that a ballad I would probably like perform that live with just the piano too um maybe a little percussion but like I again like you said I feel like with the song that intimate and emotional that just a voice and a piano really like stands out yeah it's it's really hard to go wrong with that and it especially if it's a a deep-seated feeling that you want to convey I just uh it uh, I I I hear your voice so clearly in that when you, like you say, you stripped away the instruments and it's just a, it's a true um, bonding with the artist in my mind for, for those kinds of songs. But to, you know, you want to change things around and have it um, just like any concert, you're going to have the, the slow melodic times, the connections, and then something fiery. So I love the way you're, you're building your repertoire in, in a variety of ways um, and that, that'll push us into a January 6th release of something, right? Yes. <laughs> what's, what's coming out January 6th? Yes, I'm so excited. Um, I have a song coming out January 6th called Going Through the Motions. Um, this is so exciting to talk about. I haven't talked <laughs> no, about it. <laughs> bring it on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I wrote it during covid um, and this was a song again that I, I started writing it and it just kind of like wrote itself. I was just feeling like everyone I feel like during COVID, it just felt kind of like you were just going through the days just to get by. It kind of felt like robotic and like you were just stuck in this pattern of, you know, waking up, working or going to school or whatever you do in your daily life. It kind of just felt like it lost, like life lost its funk for a little bit, I feel like. And mm-hmm. Um, I just really, really wanted to capture that in a song because I feel like even not having COVID, some people, a lot of the times we all like get in a funk where we feel that way. Um, and so I just really wanted to capture that in a song. And then it ended again, I wrote that more so as a ballad. And then <laughs> I got into the studio and we were like, this could be like a really cool like indie mid-tempo upbeat song and I was I was a little bit timid at first I was like are you sure (laughs) and I I trusted the vision and now I think it's like so far one of my favorite songs that I ever like have produced um or have have ever had produced so I am so excited for this song to release and to finally share it with everyone I've had it saved for so long 
Um, and then the voice came out of nowhere, but yeah. I was like, this, I'm putting this out. When the voice is over, I am putting this out. <laughs> that is so neat. So what is that like? I know, um, of course, authors go through the same thing. And it, what is that anticipation like for, is something that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears in, and uh, and you're ready to just share it, and probably it's it's getting polished up now, or just you've decided the right time is when it is, but what's that moment of just, oh, it's two more weeks, it's one more week, Do you does it drive you a little bit batty, or are you able to kind of temper your uh, your anxiety about it? Uh, throughout that time what what is the what are you feeling i can see you're excited no i can't see you i can hear you're excited um is that the essence of what it is or is there some like oh i hope that this you know is there any worry attached to it yeah it's like it's scary and i think every artist has said this but it's scary but it's exciting because like hearing it come to life like getting the first draft back and the first final back it's like so exciting to hear something that you're so proud that you created and like from where it started to where it finishes and it's so cool and then like the week before it drops or the days before it drops you start to like at least me myself I get a little bit anxious and I start to kind of like pick apart little things like oh well what if people don't like this or like what if this doesn't translate like the way that I thought it would and like my mom always has to be like Sasha if you're fine like it's Mm -hmm. good And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Because she's always like, do you love it? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, then that's all that matters. And I'm like, you're right. Um, And so it's definitely easy to start to get in your head. um, Because obviously you want people to love what you love and what you create. Um, That's the point of making music so people can connect to it. And yeah, so you definitely there's there's some pressure. But I think it's just so exciting to like work on something, see it come to life and then finally be able to share it with other people. Yeah, absolutely. And uh and I applaud you for having that energy toward it and not being like, oh, if it's if it's not going to be the greatest thing, that's that's it for me. I'm done because some people go to extremes and you uh you're you're in it for the long haul because you know that you have a lot to share. And uh we the public, I'll speak for the public here. <laughs> we just can't wait to just to hear more and more of what you've got. So now we get to talk about the voice, if you're cool with that. Can you, like, walk us through? Um, we know very little, so we see what's on TV. We see some of the behind-the-scenes. But go, if you could, all the way kind of through the audition process, how you um, you followed the show your, basically your whole life. But how did you kind of get the idea to do it? Did your friends, like, encourage you to do it? Or w- walk through it, whatever you want to say about it. And, and maybe some questions will come up after that. Yeah, um, so the voice, oh my goodness, I'm like, where do I even start? Um, I, it felt like it just came out of the blue because I sent in an audition video and I had auditioned for the voice like since I was 13. I was trying to get on the show forever because, like, again, I, I used to watch like American Idol and the voice with my mom growing up and I just thought it was the coolest thing ever, but specifically the voice was like my favorite show. And I just thought they were stars up there. And so I was trying for forever. And I sent in a video. I had made it pretty far into the, into the audition process two other times. So at this this time, I was kind of like, yeah, I'm just going to send it in. Like, whatever. We'll see what happens. Because I was always told no or rejected. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like a year or maybe less went by. Um, and I was literally sitting in my room 
learning or polishing some songs to add to my gig set. And uh, I put down my guitar because I got a call. And normally I don't answer like calls of unknown numbers. So I don't know why, but I just like had a feeling. I I don't know how to explain it, but I just had a feeling. So I answered and she was like, hey, Sasha, um, we just want to like invite you to audition for the coaches for the what? And I was like, what? <laughs> and she said it's so casual, like no introduction, no nothing. I was like, oh my gosh. So I dropped my guitar and I was like, yes, yes, like I would love to. And I ran out of the room and I like told my mom and she was like, really? <laughs> and it was so crazy how casual that they made it. And <laughs> I was like, wait, this is weird. And so she was like, okay, well, we're going to follow this call up with an email to give you all the details and it just felt like so strange because I had worked for this I had auditioned for so many times and worked for it for so long Mm -hmm. um to finally have it was just it was one of the best moments I think I I loved it and so from there it was pretty I don't want to say fast I think it got fast after the battles but um yeah, so we we fly out for the blinds, and I don't think people know this, but you're actually there for like two months before the blinds oh, even wow. start. That's yeah, so this was like my first time traveling alone. Yeah, right. About uh, for, that. When I was on American Idol, I traveled with my mom, and I'm like freshly 18 at the time I was, and I was so scared. I was like, "How am I gonna like get through Atlanta TSA by myself?" <laughs> and, like, <I'll> just, <laughs> like I was so scared, and um. So yeah, I, I went alone and you're there for two months just preparing wardrobe, your band rehearsals, like pictures, interviews, B-roll, like all the stuff that they need to like make a TV show is wow. you're there for two months. So this was my first time being away from family for that long and being by myself. And I will, it was definitely hard at first, but I tell everyone that I think that I really needed it just to grow and like learn how to be independent for the first time because I'm very introverted and I normally like depend on the people that are with me when I go places to like feel like a like a safe place or something. And so it pushed me out of my comfort zone to like meet people and talk to people and network and just all this stuff. And I'm grateful because I made like some of my best friends um, because I was kind of pushed out of my shell and my comfort zone. Um, but yeah, so we're there for two months for blinds. And so we get to like marinate in our song for a while. So I did river. Um, and I was not expecting, I was not expecting chair. Like, I no, I'm so serious. I was so scared because there's four days of auditions and basically you, you have to, Okay, so there's four days of auditions, and I was on day. Or no, there was five days, and I think I was on day four. And it's really intimidating to be on one of the last days because the teams fill up really quickly. Yeah, no kidding. The coaches start to get more picky, and it's just stressful. So I went on day four. I was so nervous because Gwen's team was almost full, and I and another team was completely full. I think or almost full. Um, and so I was like, oh my gosh, what are my chances right now? So I got on the stage. I was so nervous. Um, <laughs> I think, I think I was more nervous then than any other time in my life of being on stage. And, um, I, my eyes were closed when they turned for me. So I actually like didn't even notice oh, until I was, wow. <laughs> I was in the middle of singing a lyric and I was like, wait, 
do I see like two people turned around right now? And, <laughs> and I, you had like, to process that while you're singing. <laughs> I guess. Yes. And so like my mom said she laughed at me backstage because when I saw them, when I opened my eyes and I saw them, I like smiled so wide and I like had to snap myself back into it and be like, girl, you still have like the rest of the song to sing, like <laughs> <Right>. stay focused. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, focus. Um, sang the rest of my song and I was just like over the moon like I felt like I made it I was like no matter what happens now I'm on the show and I'm just so like I was so happy and proud of myself um and so yeah I went with Camila Mm -hmm. um and I don't regret my decisions a lot of people are like why did you choose Camila I I just love her I think we had a lot to connect with she was on a tv show when she was younger she's a very successful young women artist in the industry she's bicultural she's latin crossover mm-hmm. and there are a I, lot of I good just, connections there yeah she just really inspires me so i really like i had my eyes set on her in the beginning um and then my second choice was john and then my third was gwen so i was really happy with the two that turned for me um and so yeah i was so happy i cannot and then my family was there and it was just it was great and so then came battles and for battles let me think. I don't remember if we got to go home. I don't think we did. And if we did, it was for a very short time. And then we were back for, for battles and knockouts. Um, so yeah, I think we came home for like two weeks and then you're there again for more months. <laughs> so it's very back and forth. Um, and then I got partnered with Devic, which he is amazing. And now he's one of my best friends. And yeah, like, I've seen you guys together and yeah. posts and whatnot yeah i can tell that, that it's a beautiful friendship keep going sorry. yeah and he's so so talented he inspires me so much um and so i actually remember we did a zoom call where they announced our song and our partner um and i remember when she announced our song i was like no way there's <laughs> no way we got this song i didn't know it when she first said it so my reaction was like kind of fake and i was like oh yay uh-huh. <laughs> um <laughs> Thank you so much. and then i know and then we got off the call and i immediately went to spotify to listen to the song and i was like this i we are i was like i i literally called my mom i was like i'm going home like there's nothing that i can do with this song and like this is so not me as an artist and i was so stressed um and then like i had my first rehearsal with Devix we just kind of like we didn't know each other either we weren't friends prior to this so I was like hey um do you want to like practice or something (laughs) and he was like yeah and so we just after our first time meeting and like running through the song I feel like our ideas just clicked so easily and we knew we wanted to strip it down we wanted to like make it something so different from the original and I feel like it just flowed so well and it just kind of like and we worked so hard. I think harder than a lot of people. We took like the first day um, just and we stayed in his room like the entire day just working on that song um, until we got something that we liked. And we still changed things later. But anyways, we, we ended up coming up with something that we loved. And that was like made. I think that might have been like my favorite round is the battle. And I'm still so proud of like the arrangement that we did. And then I got um stolen by Gwen which mm-hmm. was so exciting <laughs> um I was I, I wanted to work with her so bad too and then like working with her was amazing she's one of the sweetest people that I have ever met in my entire life um 
and then it was just so cool. And I got to meet Charlie Puth. It's like so hard to I remember. Know, I everything. saw that. Amazing. Because <laughs> <laughs> it all is like meshed into one memory. It's hard to remember. But yeah, Gwen stole me and she was amazing to work with too. I also became best friends with Alyssa, who was one of my like opponents in the knockout rounds. Um, and for the knockout rounds, I wanted to like really set my I, I wanted to show off that I was a vocalist I feel like before like my battle round I feel like really showed off my art artistic side of myself and then my audition I was so nervous that I was like I feel like I could do better and so for my knockout I was like I want to do something really powerful that I like if I end up going home I want to do something that I'm really proud of yeah. leaving behind gotcha. and so I did make it rain and I was so happy with how it went that even Alyssa was like, you were so weirdly calm that it like stressed me out. And I was like, girl, it's because <laughs> I was just like, I'm so, I was so proud that I even made it to knockouts. Like there was so many talented people this season that I was just like, I'm so happy that I made it to this point. And so I was like content. And then um, when I got emotional because like Deja and Alyssa, I loved them both and they were they were going off stage and so I got choked up when I was saying bye and then John stole me and then I started like bawling my eyes out <laughs> and it was just it was a whole it, it was it was crazy um but yeah a lot of people don't know like how much time and effort goes in behind the scenes you're there off and on for months there's countless rehearsals and wardrobe fittings and voice lessons and all of this stuff um but honestly I left what I love about the show I think probably I it was it was just such a great experience they really do like put a lot of time um into the contestants and they want you to do your best and so yeah and then like for the lives I know I'm talking forever so I'm no, gonna like no. wrap it. I'll listen to it all night <laughs> oh. keep on <laughs> <laughs> and then for for the live shows uh that was like my first time getting custom in-ears which was so exciting yes. um and yeah I took like a little video um, and they like fill up your ears and it was so weird, but really cool. Um, and then like singing on stage with them for the first time was a completely different experience. Cause I've, I grew up singing in church, so I've used in-ears, but not custom ones. And I feel like it was a completely different experience. Um, and so, yeah, I, I sang Tiny Dancer. Um, I, I, when I got off stage for Tiny Dancer, I beat myself up so badly for that performance just because I knew that I could have done better and it wasn't my best and I was wrestling with that song like from the beginning um and I, yeah I was just really upset about it and then um I again I, I called my family and they're always like the people that talk me down and like remind me all this stuff and I was trying to stay like really firm in my faith and believe that like everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. um and then I, I had, a, I was trying to stay positive, but I had a feeling that I was going to be in the instant save because uh, my team was just so incredible. Um, and so I, when I did Elastic Heart, I just wanted to like, I remember getting on stage to sing that song and I just wanted to take everything in because I had a feeling it might've been my last time on stage. And if it was, I wanted to make the most of it. And I, I yeah I just kind of like laid my heart on the stage for that last song um and then it that was that but it and the lives are so fast-paced like you you flew in for the lives and literally the next 
day or the next two days you had your rehearsal with your coach so oh goodness it's just like so quick you didn't really have a lot of time to rest um and it, it was definitely really challenging mentally I think it was the hardest round for me but it was also like the most fun round that there was and yeah it, it, it was just crazy but I anyone who's thinking about doing it or maybe wants to like I would say just do it. It's it's so fun. And you take away so many great things that like the hate and the little things that come with it seem so small. Um, so I, I would say just do it. <laughs> That's really great advice. And oh my goodness, what I had not expected and you said that it would be surprising was the, the months beforehand because of course we see what's on TV and that's about it. Um, so they, they put you up in a hotel and, and you're taking care of with food and whatnot. But uh, do you have like, a fair amount of downtime would you could equate it to maybe being like a college student where you've got your classes and your 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 stuff for the show and then you've got some time to explore or is it like go hard 24 7 except when you're sleeping <laughs> <laughs> um it, i'd say it gets it gets more so hardcore the further that you get uh-huh. um for for like the pre-taped rounds um the blind auditions and the battles those two rounds were pretty spaced out and like you had quite a bit of downtime, so you could do whatever you wanted. And then, but once, once it was after battles, I think it was like a two-week turnaround to knockouts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after knockouts, you get to go home for like two months. And then, but then you come in for lives like full force. Like we had so many Zoom calls with the voice team, and they were like, "You guys, you guys don't understand. Like, you're gonna need your rest before you get here because it's gonna be crazy." And I was like, I mean, it can't be that bad. And then I got there and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> literally insane. So. Gosh, I wonder why the um, schedule is so sped up at that point. I guess um, they have to sort of gear you that way because once you get down toward the end of the show and things are happening minute by minute, you have to be kind of used to that. But that's what an amazing journey. Um, I've always wondered this. So obviously with this stuff happening beforehand and whatever, it has to be totally secretive. Like, I don't know if you can, what you could announce, I'm going to be on The Voice and that's about it. But I don't see any contestant publish anything until like the show is actually going and they can actively engage on social media. Is that, I guess, a typical thing for a TV show? Because I don't work in the industry. They, It's, you know, a non-disclosure kind of thing where you can't mention anything. Is that something they, they impress upon you? Or is it just something yeah, you guys choose not to do? No, yeah, it definitely is. It's for confidentiality, just so we don't spoil anything or mm. say something that we're not supposed to. Um, but yeah, we, I, like for all the pre-taped rounds, because um, the blinds, the battles and the knockouts were all pre-taped and it was so hard to like be home and like not be able to say anything because like when my blind audition was airing, I had already known at what point that I was in the competition. So it was like, it was so hard <laughs> to not, because obviously like I, I had a chance of going home every round because I got stolen, but a lot of people didn't know that. So seeing people's like reactions on social media and everything was so like funny and cool to see like happen <laughs> in real time. But it was definitely hard to not tell like my closest friends and stuff like that because I just didn't want to spoil it I wanted people to enjoy watching it and 
yeah, but it, it's for confidentiality. Yeah, that's what I figured. And, uh, you know, in, 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 and it's for everyone's best interest. So uh, it, it makes for a great product in the end. And we, we all enjoy the show. You've enjoyed the show for years. And uh, it, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. So catch us up now. You're home and you're, like you said, you're grinding. You're getting some music going. Um, the drop on January 6th. What's your like semi long range plan from here? What are we going to look for seeing for you? So my plan, I've been gigging for years, but I'm kind of at a point where I want to just like put out a whole bunch of music and start doing ticketed shows. Um, so I can play my own music and have people come to listen to that. And so this next year, I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to release music. I'm about to start working on finding a band because I, again, have uh, shows planned for next year. And that's kind of sort of just the, the plan right now. As far as after that, I don't know. But just kind of grinding. I mean, social media is also a whole other job with, like, the music industry and stuff to promote yourself and connect with people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, just trying to create content um, and then shows and all of that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess definitely seeing you do some ticketing shows, especially in, in this area now, um, of course, because you've got a great launching pad. You have a history of playing gigs around here. And now you've got some accomplishments, great accomplishments under your belt. You've got music, um, I know many people that would love to buy a ticket to come see you. So please, please, please do that. And, uh, you know, find the, find the proper uh, musicians that you, I, there's so many great musicians here in Metro Atlanta that um, would probably jump at the chance. So uh, yeah, good luck with that search. And if you need any connections, I know some people too. Um, yeah, send them my way. <laughs> I will. I will absolutely do that. So I guess to close, um, tell us kind of how, the best way besides buying the tickets for these shows, how could the public in general support you? Because I know as a, as an independent musician, it's so difficult. Uh, some really get into the merch. Some are doing ticketing, ticketed shows. Some are doing like little tours. Um, what, what would you like to see with this now momentum that you've got coming off the voice? How can we capitalize on that momentum and, and keep you, going and, and creatively making music and just, and be in your corner. What would you love to see? Yeah, I think just, you can follow me at Sasha Hurtado Music um, pretty much everywhere. I also have a website that's com that has all of my stuff where you can find me to book gigs. Um, it has, I think, all of my gig dates and all that stuff, all my music, literally anything that you want to know about me is probably there. Um, if you don't want to go to social media <laughs> um, and as far as supporting me I just like you can follow me on Spotify if you want to see when I'm releasing or dropping new stuff or social media too um, I'm gonna be releasing some new music this next year um, and try to do some shows so definitely come out to some shows if you can um, and yeah just just keep watching me on social media and stay engaged and I appreciate all of the support from everyone locally and just around the world from after the voice, which is awesome too. Um, so yeah, I appreciate all of the support. It means a lot to me. Um, so yeah, yeah just, and I can imagine it, it means a lot. Um, 
like, and just to kind of close us out here, the, um, the comments, and, and I did see in your long post from, um, from leaving the voice about th- there's always going to be negativity in the world. There's always going to be haters, right? For the people who just are so judgmental and like, they have no idea what it's like to get the guts to get on that stage. But yep. for your true supporters, for the people who want to go to the shows and everything, is it super meaningful for just those simple comments on something that you've done? Like if you're working on a song and you put out 15 seconds of a, uh, like just you in, in, in your room working on it, you do you like to engage with that and see what everyone is saying about it? Does it, is that meaningful for you to have a lot of comments? Yes, that really is meaningful to me. And I love that you said that like nobody knows what it's like. And that is so true because it's, I get it. Like we're on a, we're the voice is a large platform. You're putting yourself out there for the world to see you and to judge you. But I think that nobody truly knows what it's like unless you're up there in that position. And there's so many factors that go into it that like people that aren't singers don't even know like nerves and adrenaline and maybe health issues that a person has me or anyone behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. uh, lack of sleep and just all of the things that maybe holding you back in a certain performance. Um, a lot of people don't understand that and are really quick to judge and to hate. And so to like, even after tiny dancer to like go online and see that there was a lot of people that actually enjoyed it. And I, I was like, that was such a bad performance. I hate it. But there was like people that were like, wow, I really liked that. I connected to it. I loved it. It was really cool to see and uplifting. Um, and so I can even be my own worst critic. So to go <laughs> online and like see people that like leave, just take the time to leave like a sweet comment. It's so meaningful to me um, in a world where it's kind of, I don't know, just a really dark and hateful world sometimes, but people still take the time to leave positivity or encouragement or support. It, it does mean a lot to me. So, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And I thought you'd say that because um, it's a pretty universal from all the artists I've talked to in this podcast. It's like, you know, it's it's it seems like a little thing, but it's it's really important because it's a, direct connection and that's the greatest thing about social media now is that you can connect with an artist in a live and direct way like literally that message gets in front of your eyes and uh, you could do the same thing for Charlie Puth right you can just kind of move in that direction and so it's I see it as a as a great vehicle as long as it's used positively and so um, let's both encourage everyone to just you know bring the positivity to it and the love and the support and I think we'll all go far with it. Sasha, it's a, just been amazing to talk to you. You're, you're a fantastic artist. You're, you're a bright light in the future of music and entertainment. And we just, I can't wait to see what's next for you. And it has been an honor and a pleasure. And I'd love to have you back on the show anytime. Please keep in touch. And uh, just, uh, it's been so great to talk to you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This this was so fun to do. Um, and it's nice to finally actually talk to you formally (laughs) and not through social media. That's true. (laughs) Through social media, it's, it's talking, right. In quotation marks, but, uh, to have a a voice behind the, behind the words is, it's great. So yeah, equal. I'd say the very same thing. So, uh, but again, thank you so much. You're quite welcome. 